Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Tom Hanks loves the burbs. Oh. It's tree-lined streets. Ah, mine, Walter! A paper on every doorstep. And a couple of human sacrifices in the house next door. Ray, this is Walter. No! The Burbs. Hey, honey, I think we should move. Starts Friday, February 17th at a theater near you. Consult your local listing. Consult your local listings. Oh my gosh, I love that. I haven't heard that in a very long time. I like the consult to your local listings. Consult your local listings. Not check your local listings, consult them. Hey, well, welcome back to the show, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi, everybody. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome back. There's definitely something wrong with you, but, you know, we appreciate you coming back to listen. For sure. So our show is called Old Millennials Remember Movies because we are old millennials. And you've been feeling the old lately, Tyler. I've been feeling, I don't just feel like an old millennial, I just feel old. Uh, Tyler's had a few, like, moments in the last few days. Is it too soon for a midlife crisis? Maybe. Well, there is a thing called, like, a quarter-life crisis. Oof, yeah. But that's usually, like, 28 to 30, you know, it's right in there. So yeah, 35, I only have to be 70. I mean, I'm just saying. You're just you're only gonna live to be seventy. Well, I hope I'll go a little longer, but you know, I don't know. So you're feeling the real old lately. Yeah. Um. So millennials are like 1980 to 2000 when they were born. So we consider ourselves old millennials because we were born in the early 80s. And we don't understand social media. I don't know what social media is. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why we call ourselves that. If you were also an old millennial, hopefully you can relate. And if you are not, hopefully you can learn something from us old millennials. We're wise. We're very wise. So our show today, we're going to talk about what we've been watching recently. You're going to talk about Suspiria. Assassination Nation and Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, you're really just like throwing out all the information. I am. I haven't seen any of those. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to talk about um, just a tiny show on Netflix because that's all I have in my life apparently right now is Netflix. Okay. Um, Punisher is what I'm watching. And then uh, also I've been doing a lot of Instagram. So I'm going to talk about that. And then we will get into what we remember about the burbs. We're going to talk about the burbs. Does it hold up? Do you remember? Did we even see it when we uh, were younger? And then be sure to listen through for our highly entertaining segments, including <laughs> What Would Rogers Say? That's a segment. That's a segment. Uh, tea Time with Tyler. Mm-hmm. And a newer segment created by you, Tyler, uh-huh. called Angela Explains It All. No, 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 no. It's a different no, no. I get that wrong. Okay, hold on. I'm going to get it in my head. Okay. No, 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 no. Da, da, da. Na, 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 na. We should just get the music, but then... No, that's not fun. It's okay. way better for me to listen to you it's, say it and me dance to it. It's based on the classic television series Clarissa Explains It All. That's right. And it's related in that I took the name, and that's it. That's right. So here, let's get into it. Tyler, what have you been watching? What is Suspiria? Okay, so really? You don't know what Suspiria is? I mean, you've been talking to me about it, but I have not been listening i've been wanting to watch this remake of suspiria for a while it didn't really play in theaters here until way late to the point where i think it went to like one of our art house places and i was like well yeah it's gonna be out on video in a couple weeks you know just wait sorry art house theater um so i watched it this is a remake of the uh dario argento horror film it's very different than that version it is still set in like a dance studio in germany but it's different different kind of dance it has dakota johnson in it from 
those Fifty Shades movies. Although I actually, I've only seen the one and a half of those terrible things, but I actually think that she's a good actress. She's been, she's stuck in that franchise, but I think she's got something. Um, she's not bad. And then Tilda Swinton is in this thing with uh, a couple of different uh, roles. Oh yeah, I'm seeing here. She plays. Don't, she plays a few different roles. Oh, a spoiler. This is big time. Um, so where did you end up seeing this movie? I just watched it on video, rented it. Oh yes, on a Netflix disc. (laughs) Well, I don't want to. I don't want to rant about them. I'm mad at them right now, but that's okay. I know you are because they're slow to get you the disc. They're slow to get me discs. It's already like slow here. It's slower at our this house than it was at our previous house. And they're, like, sitting on my second disc. Like, it says, like, we'll mail it to you soon, usually within one day. And it's been, like, three days. Those sons of bitches. I think they should give you some extra free Netflix discs. Yeah, do shit. You know, you didn't even have, like, an email to contact them. They're like, call us if you have trouble. I don't want to call you. Do you remember back in the day, probably, like, five years ago when we got discs, and it was like, hey, we are noticing this one's delayed, so we're sending your next one oh, early. Yeah. They were just, like, blasting those things, yeah. didn't you? Bullshit. I know. It is bullshit. So you would recommend Suspiria? Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, so it's uh, the same director who made like Call Me by Your Name. Uh, so you know, good director. It's very different. It's like two and a half hours. It's a lengthy ah. watch, and I would say, is it worth it? I mean, it's it's different. I mean, <laughs> there's some real standout scenes in it. Uh, there's an early ish moment where. There's this dance routine going on, and then it's intercut with this terrible thing that's happening to another character, and that's really kind of dynamic. I'd say it's probably the best scene in the movie. And then there's a later dance sequence that's very, very uh, uh, entrancing and and cool. Um, Tilda Swinton is good, although I can't really wrap my head around the whys of other than like just it's Tilda Swinton, Swinton wanting to do all sorts of different things and challenge herself, I guess. I'm not quite sure why she's doing all the things she's doing in the movie, but, um, you know, Tilda she's Swin- good. Tilda Swinton's like uh, Kate Blanchett. She could, like, wants to do anything. Well, okay, and that's true, and I think like, she's an excellent actress. I like Kate Blanchett, obviously, too. This is strange in that, like, even if I had not known about a couple of the roles... Like, you you know. Like, there's something going on with one of these characters where you're just like, that's Tilda Swinton. But we're not supposed to know it's Tilda Swinton. You know, it's kind of one of those things. And then it has just a, you know, bug nuts the uh, last 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, which is, uh, I mean, give or take. It's a strange movie. I appreciated the, uh, the art. I appreciated the kind of the filmmaking. Some of the performances are pretty good. I don't know. I was oddly just a little indifferent to it. I'm going to show you a picture that I'm seeing. Is that her? Yeah. What? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. That's crazy. good-ass makeup. Did Oh, this is a 2019 movie? Yeah, I didn't get nominated for anything, including makeup, which would have been good. I know, it's pretty good. Um, Yeah, no, it's okay. It's going to be... It's an Amazon movie, so it will be on Amazon Prime probably pretty uh, soon. So what is happening in this picture? You're, well, you're spoiling yourself. A oh my bit. god, what is happening? Well, that's later in the film. Oh my god, <laughs> you're looking at some stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. Okay, it's different. That's, that's for sure. Freaking I weird. I'm glad I watched it. I'm I'm I was I'm gonna, clo- I'm gonna close this tab. I was really I was eager to see it. And I wanted to watch it before we got to like our best of episode and doing my best of writing stuff, but and I ended up not. And then 
I mean, it, wouldn't it, have it turns it out it wouldn't have. I mean, it just wouldn't have. Not that it's bad. I just it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't my thing as okay. much. It was okay. Okay. Um, and then let's see. I watched Assassination Nation. Also came out this year. Mm-hmm. Also not as long as that movie. An hour and fifty minutes. Yeah. Okay. So this movie is about. It's kind of like. Uh, well, it's set in like it, the town is called Salem. Okay, so that gives you a little bit of a hint about what's going on with this movie. Uh, there is a hacker or there's someone that's like releasing really private information of people in this town. And our main characters are four girls, teenage girls. They're struggling with um, their kind of relationships and et cetera, et cetera. And then this, the town kind of just goes unhinged from this, this leak, this data leak essentially. And it really goes from uh, about – you know, it's it's pretty ramped up. It's pretty stylish for a while. E- even the opening of the movie kind of has like it's, 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 they call them trigger warnings, and it shows a bunch of images from later in the movie of like some of the violence and some of the crazy shit that happens. Just to like, it's it's a comment on that a little bit. So, but it is it gets pretty crazy in the last uh, half hour, forty minutes or so. Uh, I it's 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 kind of uneven. It's not. I, I don't know if it really holds together as well as it it should, but it. There's some, there's some really good filmmaking going on here. Uh, where it goes and what I think it's trying to do, especially as it kind of turns into this like, it, it it's like The Purge only like with teen, like teen, <laughs> like I think I think other people have described it as like Mean Girls meets The Purge, which is kind of accurate in a weird way, and it goes some crazy places. But you know, I I, I it, there's a lot of ambition behind it. I don't know if it all gels, but I like that it kind of swings for some stuff and yeah i just i like that joel McHale is in it and he is playing a very different character than we're used to seeing joel McHale play and that's um will make some people uneasy i'm sure people oh, that does he really... play like a bad guy or something yeah kind of yeah i would say uh, you know without getting too much into it but yeah no and then it the way it ends there's a post credit sequence that's baffling in a lot of other different ways and then you kind of start I don't want, I shouldn't talk about it too much because it does it dives into some other not related things about the movie. But anyway, it, it's it's worth watching. I think it's 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 a it's a fascinating mess. I would say, mm. but but good and 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 yeah, I wasn't bored with it. That's for sure. So well, a couple things are just like a little bit on. There's like a lock lock them lock them up chant or something. Like there's a couple things that just really like blow out on the nose, and you're just like, oh gosh, that's we're getting real. I mean, it's definitely trying to make some criticisms and pointed remarks about culture especially with like millennial culture and data usage and being online and all that but it's it's pretty wild it gets gets wild there so interesting i liked it where can i watch that one uh rent i think you just get that was a disc again Tyler? <laughs> got those discs i probably would have liked that one you know how i like my teen movies i mean maybe Maybe you would have liked it. Why wouldn't I have liked it? I mean, it's just, it's crazy, and it gets dark. I like and, crazy dark stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's, you might have liked it. I, I told you I had it. I told you I was going to watch it. You're like, I'm going to bed. Well, yeah, when you start movies at 11 o'clock at night, I got to get up for work the next it day. It was done before one. What uh, do you want Jesus, from me? To start okay. these movies earlier. All right, the last one I'll talk about is uh, Goosebumps 2. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. I did watch that. I it was, I mean, there was nothing to it. It was like a, a movie. With Jack Black? He, he's in like a minute of it and he, oh. he was very, I mean he was not going to be in it and at the last minute the last two weeks they were advertising him as being in it he's in it for five minutes uh. Uh, so he's not real. he's the voice of the doll still 
So I guess he's in it a little bit because he's talking. But no, it's There's nothing. a doll in Goosebumps? It's like the talking dog, Slappy. Dog. Doll. Doll. Like a ventriloquist doll. In Goosebumps? Did you ever read any Goosebumps when you were a child? I thought Goosebumps was just like an umbrella to a lot of different kind of almost like Twilight for Kids different stories. Twilight, like they're horror stories. Yes, they're all very different, but there is like a... Within the Goosebumps franchise, there's like three or four of these, like Night of the Living Doll. Uh huh. It's a popular character in, within the franchise. It's he's in the character is in the first Goosebumps movie. Did you ever watch the first one? I did not. Oh, the first one. <laughs> the first Goosebumps movie is actually not bad. It's pretty good considering like you would watch a trailer for it and be like, "This isn't gonna work." But that's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> but it's actually a little bit better than you would think. The sequel is kind of just what you would think. It's not very mm. exciting, mm-hmm. and it's just. A bunch of just nonsense with bad effects and then not really much attempt at humor, in, in my opinion. So I read less Goosebumps. Uh-huh. I know Goosebumps was Arl Stein, right? Yep. He wrote some other bunch of series of some other teen... He wrote a little bit, like, older teen ones, too. But Goosebumps I... was his was his zone. I don't think I read Goosebumps. I feel like I read the other Arl Stein Like, Fear books. Street was maybe what it was called? Maybe. I can't remember. But yeah, Goosebumps is his bane. And then Jack Black in these movies plays R.L. Stein. He's like a character in the movies. Stupid. No, but it works in the first movie because it's like a kind of a takedown. He's a pompous writer, and so it kind of works in a little different way. Did it make you want to go back and, and read your uh, Goosebumps books from growing up? I mean... <laughs> As an old millennial, Tyler. No, because even when I was... See, I was one of those kids that read the Goosebumps probably longer than my grade level suggested no i, I think should. we all did that yeah because they were they're, they're super easy and mm-hmm. once you kind of read like three of these books you kind of got the sense of like even when the details change it's exactly the same mm-hmm. the same fake out the same thing that happens nothing really supernatural happens until like the last 20 pages or so you know like at, at some point i think you age out of that and then you realize that you're reading like books that are like oh this is stupid like, like this is for second grade right right and it, i'm in seventh grade and listen that's great i mean it, they were obviously written and they they work well for that grade level but then you realize like yeah they're not like something you're gonna go back and it's not like you can go back and you know you can, you can go back and watch uh, uh animaniacs because that show was like i mean brilliant it's not like that. It's, it's not like that. No, it's, it's goosebumps. It's I, meant for like Animaniacs like... had jokes that were above the heads of the kids. This is just like it was meant squarely for that age group. But out of curiosity, you're not like curious what those books were like now as an adult. I don't. I don't think we have any more. Do we? Didn't your mom just like insist that we take a bunch of boxes of books? We took some, but I think a lot of those ended up going to like my nephew before, and they he burned them. He threw them away. Because he's a book shit, burner. Little yeah. turd. A little book burner. Um, I'm I curious. I had like a set of four of the boxcar children books. Mm-hmm. I am curious about those. Like, what are those? Why are these kids living in a boxcar? Didn't they just make a thing about that? Like a TV show or a movie or something? I think so. Yeah, everything's coming back. It, yeah. Well, then Goosebumps, the thing is about Goosebumps is that... The books were really popular beyond when we were old enough to watch them. And then there was a TV series that were, like, adapting episodes. And there were, like, TV movies that they were putting on there. And then the books can... I mean, there was... I mean, it was... It went on even longer than... We remember I had a lot of those books, too. I would go... Because it would be, like, a scholastic order, you know? Like, you'd get the new... Uh, the new Goosebumps book. Well, apparently there was a 3D... Animate computer animated film on the boxcar children in 2014. 
Because it's so, it would be too expensive to build the boxcar you, you see. So oh, they had to do it in so, CGI. So, oh my god. All looks, CGI. It looks real bad. Like, like a, like a animation student made this. Oh, alright. Look at it. Here, look at the little, little freeze frame. This is some great. It looks like some of the YouTube videos I watch. Where it looks like, like, uh, like, it like sub Veggie Tales Christian stuff. Yes. That's what it looks like to me. Oh. <gasps> Oh, maybe. Like sub vegetables. I thought there was another another TV thing that was going on with that boxcar children. Yeah, keep talking because I I'm. What now do you mean I'm keep curious. talking? Okay, TV, <laughs> television. Okay, why don't you talk about Velvet Buzzsaw? Why? Okay, this up? so Velvet Buzzsaw it just um, appeared on Netflix. It was at the Sundance Film Festival, I think, but then it immediately came here to Netflix a week later. This is Dan Gilroy who made Nightcrawler, which is a really good. Uh, thriller drama with Jake Gyllenhaal and Rene Russo, and then he made Roman J. Esqu- uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire with Denzel Washington, which you watched that one with me, and that movie is not very good. Although Denzel Washington got like an Oscar nomination because that's what Denzel Washington does. Anyway, this is um, it's a horror film set in the world of high art, like galleries. It's a strange little thing. So Jake Gyllenhaal's back, Rene Russo's in there, Tony Collette, John Malkovich is in there, and it's got some ideas, and it's got some pizzazz. I think it's uh, Robert Elswood shot it, and he's a great cinematographer, but um, it's a movie where I don't think it's spoiling anything to say that, like, it's the art that's the murderer, if that makes sense. The art is murder. You are looking at computer research and you are not giving this statement enough <laughs> of a reaction. Um, what did you say? Art is the murder? The art is the murderer. Uh, the art is the murderer? The art is the murderer. Art ah, murders the people. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I do not understand what I'm you're saying. I'm saying that there's a painting, and this painting is of, let's say, I don't know, monkeys. Mm-hmm. And the monkeys murder someone because the art is the murderer. I do not care about boxcar children. You are not giving this the proper okay, respect. So I remember now the boxcar children are for orphaned children. You didn't. I could have told you this. This I is what you're looking that. up. Yeah. You don't remember the boxcar children? No. And I read them. Jesus. I didn't read all of them. But I'm I did telling read you a about a movie where art monkey art murders people, and you are up looking at things that I could have simply told you. They are orphans. They live in a boxcar. They. Go on adventures. They solve mysteries. Who okay. cares? Here's an EW article about the Box Children movie adaptations in the work. In the works, I mean. So, Velvet Buzzsaw. Would you recommend to, it? I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I just I don't. I tried to get you sold on it, and you were just like, I'm reading about Boxcar Children. What oh, here the it hell? is. The Boxcar Children. Unbelievable. Surprise Island 2018. What is that? I don't know. This oh, is no, something that's that you the look more, up later. That's the more 3D one. That looks terrible. That, I can't, don't... that can't be what they're talking about. I don't know. I thought they were making a real movie Me of too. it. Me too. No, you didn't. You just read that on EW. No, I remember, I remember it coming up and us talking about it at some point. Does anybody get murdered by art monkeys? Because that's what happens I don't in Velvet Buzz. What is an art monkey? Okay, what were you listening to me? No, I was looking up boxcar children. Picture a picture, a painting of monkeys. Mm-hmm. What if those monkeys murdered somebody? Like a person in real life is looking at a monkey painting. Ooh, I kind of like that's like the Twilight Zone. That's some Twilight Zone shit right there. 
What? Then watch Velvet Buzzsaw. I have no comment about Velvet Buzzsaw for you or anybody else for that matter because I you're not engaged. You're not engaged in my Velvet Buzzsaw discussion. It's uh, I'm going to let the dead air space right now. I'm going to stop talking in They're going to do a minimum of four films, both animated and live action, across both of its first two years with an emphasis on family-oriented... Oh, they're talking about the production company. I'm confused. I'm so confused. Uh, So it's in the works, basically. It'll be the first releases from a new partnership between Shout. What is Shout? I'm on a talking strike. A multi-platform media distributor and legacy classics production company. Hmm. Talking strike. Hmm. Together, blah, blah, blah. We're committed. Blah, blah, blah. Do you want people to listen to this podcast? Or are you just like, ah, (laughs) don't need them? Everybody loves the boxcar children. I'm sure people were riveted and are curious to hear, just like I am. In the time that you spent on the internet right now, anybody that was listening to this, stop listening to Google the boxcar children. No, don't, because you're likely driving or doing the dishes, so no need to do that. I'll do it for you. But you didn't tell me anything. Well, yeah, there's a movie in the works as of 2016. It's an untitled movie. I am coming out. Yeah, they seem like it's going to happen. <laughs> I think coming. somewhat, you know, happened. People are like, oh, let's do this. And they're like, let's read the books. And they're like, never mind. Well, like, what are they going to do? It would be real cheap to make. They could make it like uh, a room where, you know, where yeah. uh, Captain Marvel is stuck in a room. You know what they probably realized? Or, oh, uh, God, this this sh- movie or whatever would have to feature four kids. And you know what's hard to get? Good kid actors. Oh, that's true. You can get them, but it'd be tough. It's hard. I just, I see, like, it's going to be, like, Kirk Cameron's going to star in that shit. I don't yeah. know how he's going to do it. He'll play, like, a, a <laughs> he'll play, like, a 12-year-old. They'll figure it out. I don't know. Kirk Cameron's starring in it. Okay, so what are you going to see? You missed a movie tonight you were going to go see. I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. I'm done talking about stuff I've seen or what I want to see. You've derailed this completely with your boxcar talking. <laughs> you brought it up with Goosebumps. I was talking about Goosebumps, a movie I saw because it's a movie podcast in which we watch things, not talk about boxcar children Wikipedia entries. What are we doing? <laughs> okay, so what I've been watching recently, uh-huh. um, not much. I haven't seen very many movies. You've been getting discs, so I haven't really, and we haven't gone to the theater. Um, I've started watching the second season of The Punisher on Netflix. Enjoy your last Netflix yeah. Marvel show. I mean, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's fine. I'm not a big uh, Punisher guy. I saw the movie that John Travolta was in, and I was like, I'm good with this. I know that that's not a good representation of the Punisher, but I don't care. (laughs) I mean, if you like revenge murder tales, then the Punisher's for you. Is he wearing that skull shirt the whole time? No, not the whole time. But it is... It is kind of fun in the way that John Wick is kind of fun, in the way that there's lots of murder sometimes, and if you're into that, sometimes that can be fun. Obviously, this is nowhere near that. Don't compare Oh, it. you know what we should talk about is the trailer we saw recently. For what? Uh, what do you think I'm going to say? John Wick? I think you mentioned it no, in the last episode. No, not John Wick. John Wick 3. No. Okay. What else would I be super excited about? The Rock and Jason Statham? Obviously. Tyler. Okay. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Yep, this is a movie that they released a trailer this week ahead of some, I don't know, some football game or something. Who cares? But um, they released a trailer before that, and it's two minutes of – it's a spinoff of Fast and the Furious with uh, The Rock's character and Jason Statham's character, even though he murdered Han, and we're not discussing that still. 
It's frustrating. But they're doing something amazing in that they are leaning into what I... Listen, if anybody... I've heard some remarks about this trailer being oh, like... Oh, you have? Whoa, they're making it just a straight superhero movie where Idris Elba's villains like got superpowers. I'm like, yeah, what are we talking about? Did you guys see any of these last several Fast and the Furious movies? They're all superhuman. This finally explains it. They're giving us a reason to understand why oh. the rock can fall off buildings and he's fine. They're injecting themselves with cyborg technology, obviously. Obvious. Finally, we get an answer. Anyway, the movie looks ridiculous and hilarious, and this final listen, The Rock has been stumbling a little bit with some of his choices. So I'm really hoping this is kind of a, a writing of the ship. This it looks fun. Uh, it's got three guys that high I love. octane action. The Rock, Jason Statham, Idris Alba, Idris Idris Alba. Okay. Three no. badasses. And what I like about the Fast and the Furious with Jason Statham is that my favorite Jason Statham character is the transporter. Okay, he killed Han. I know, but, like, maybe he didn't. Well, obviously, that's what we're going for. There's only one way to explain this complete turnaround is that Han is still alive. And now that The Rock and Jason Statham are not going to appear in Fast and the Furious 9, they're going to need something to pull a schmo like me, because I'm a little bit irritated with Vin Diesel right now, and Tyrese especially. But they're going to need to pull me in somehow to number 9 without The Rock and Jason Statham. They're going to be like, oh, Han's back, everybody, then I'll go see it. And maybe Gal Gadot will be back. I'm just saying, they'll figure it out. I hope that this new movie makes more than the next Fast and Furious movie. It probably won't because but it should. it's not called Fast and Furious. It's called Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, which is a little bit of a mouthful. Okay, but if you... It's not like it doesn't roll up to like Fate of the Furious. That's number eight. It's the eighth movie, Fate of the Furious, which was not a very good movie, but that's fine. Um, You had a better title for the eighth one? Ocho Furioso. Yeah. But they didn't go with it, and that pisses me off. Yeah. But that's okay, because the, my version of Ocho Furioso mm-hmm. would have included JCVD and Nicolas Cage's villains. JCVD. I'm not going to explain this to you, you motherfucker. You figure it out. JCVD. Figure it out. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say a word. What? No, don't even look it up, you son of a bitch. JCVD. Son of a bitch. Why don't oh, you know Oh, Jean-Claude this? Van Damme. Why do you give people stupid <laughs> acronyms? I didn't come up with that one. He literally made a movie called JCVD. Learn okay. your life. <laughs> but, like, why not call him by something that that I know? By, like, his name. JCVD is his name. It's kind of like how you call what's-his-name, um... JGL? <laughs> yeah, that one's more mine. No one else is calling uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, JGL. That's more my thing, but I like it. So why is... Why do we have... Wait, why, we, it's the new thing. We, there's that congresswoman that she's got like the act like she's got letters instead of a name now. That's what we do. I'm. I don't think so. Popular people get letters for names. Yeah. No. JCVD. JGL. Okay. So notorious RBG. Huh. So we watched that trailer. If you haven't seen that trailer and you like awesome trailers, <laughs> go watch that. Okay. I'm Why sure are you have. laughing at me when it's, I said that? It's funny. You don't know who JCVD is. That's funny. It's I know it's John Galvanem. No, you don't. And I like John Covidam. You didn't know that. Well, not off the top of my head. It is fucking 1045 at night. I'm tired. If it was 3.30 in the morning and I hadn't slept for eight, nine, ten days, someone said JCVD to me, you know what I would do? A roundhouse kick and do a splits because I know who JCVD is. Thank you very much. I'm an American. Are you? Okay. Are you? I'm going to test that this morning at 3.30 in the morning and Are see you? how you do. Are you an American? <laughs> He's not even American. Doesn't matter. Are you an American? <laughs> Carefully, about threw some coffee on my laptop. Oh, speaking of throwing coffee. <laughs> speaking of throwing coffee, um, we are going to talk about the birds. <laughs> you already forgot no, what I we're didn't. actually talking about. I want to make sure I wasn't skipping anything. We're going to talk about um, 
You're such an asshole. <laughs> you know what this? You know what this podcast should be called? Mm-hmm. Tyler's an asshole to Angela. Okay, that's it. Okay. That's all it could be called. I'm sure we'll get a bunch of <laughs> Twitter comments about that one. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the burbs. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to kick off with what we remember. So before we watch, go back and watch the movie, we give ourselves 30 seconds to jot down what we remember about this movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Oh, okay. Um, here's what I wrote. Yeah, I didn't write anything. Oh, you, oh that was a... You paused on purpose. I did. Okay. That's like the longest I can pause. <laughs> no, the longest you could pause is when I was trying to talk to you about what I've been seeing, and you were reading about boxcar children. That's actually the longest you could pause. I wasn't... It was like 10 minutes. I wasn't pausing there. I was researching. Next time, if you're going to do that, make do some song or like... Or something while you're doing it. I'm researching? Yes. Some research background music? Better than dead air. You're dead air. Um, so... I had thought that I had not seen this mm-hmm. because we watched the trailer to jog our mem- memories and we were trying to decide between a movie. So watching the trailer, I was like, I don't think I've seen this. But then watching the movie, I've fucking seen this movie. You remembered a lot of it. Yes. Well, good. Or did I? Who knows? <laughs> well, there's a thing called like false memories and there it's like the deja vu. Well, maybe that speaks into what I wrote about the movie because this is what I wrote. Okay. Tom Hanks lives in the suburbs. But then the house is a money pit, and he's got to fix it. Wait, no, that's not this movie. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that? That's the money pit. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it's that. It's an 80s movie where he's in <laughs> but the, maybe he buys a house. <laughs> no, the point is is that uh, the trailer did not jog a memory for me mm-hmm. watching it. I don't remember. You I know don't remember I, it at all? I know it by reputation. I know the poster really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Ominous Clouds, Tom Hanks, that I remember – but this is one that I think I might have missed completely when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And now it's February of 2019 when we're recording. This movie came out nearly 30 years ago. So this is a 30-year anniversary discussion of the Burbs. Maybe you can give me some high stats on the Burbs. I would, but you I don't have it open yet. <laughs> I opened. No, you had alternate document. ending open. Nope, I had... Hmm? No, you hmm? clicked into alternate versions and you lost oh, the IMDb. Excuse me, is there not a Wikipedia page open there with some high stats? That's not where I get the high stats from. Oh, well, so clearly, you don't know. You, you all don't go to the most the hard work. You I don't do. go to the most accurate place on planet Earth for information. Wikipedia. Did you know? There's no, you know the Wikipedia is never wrong. Did you know there's a 2002 TV series called The Burbs? I did. Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't did think you? it was successful. Yeah. Okay, so The Burbs came out in 1989. I'm going to give you the specific month and day in just a minute. February 17th. It came out on February 17th. Oh, did it? <laughs> 1989, so 30-year anniversary. I just said that. I'm repeating. Oh, okay. Gotcha. In case people were tuning out when you were talking like I do. They were tuning out because I was uh, dropping a, some toxic masculinity all over this <gasps> bitch. Oh. Bitch. Um, it is rated pg well, yeah, it was. Well, PG thirteen was around. Okay, you know at what's this point, funny? So, is this movie? Mm-hmm. That's funny. It's rated PG. That's kind of a little bit surprising. If you look, if you think back on the movie, though, is there much of what you would expect okay. to be in a PG thirteen or higher movie? Would uh, okay. So today, if I were to film a movie and I had um, forty instances of the word "god damn it," <laughs> that, that do I get PG thirteen? I don't think that counted back then. <laughs> Does it count today is what I'm asking. I don't know. Usually on – see, I'm not sure about that in terms of the MPAA. I know that on television 
any kind of religious uh, underpinning of like, so if they say goddamn, that usually gets cut out. You think you can say damn on TV, but you don't hear a lot of goddams. I think well, that might be Well, in the verbs, they it's say a lot. goddamn. I think well, it's more lot. it's more offensive. I think to people. So then, it is. but I think at the time it was not one one thing that the MPAA, and now you don't really hear it as much in mm-hmm. movies, uh, really. Even though, listen, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you heard how Bruce Dern says goddamn, you would so want a good. movie in, that it was just titled Goddamn in which Bruce Dern just said that over and over again because he is a, a, a master of saying the word. He really is. It's Well, it's a great Bruce Dern. He's a master of saying a lot of things, but that's really like his word. You know how Sam Jackson's word is motherfucker? Mm-hmm. Bruce Dern's word, I think, is goddamn. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, he's got that grumpy old man, mm-hmm. goddamn. And he's still alive. 30 years later, he could probably, I mean, yeah, he, well, he, he pops up in things. but Yeah. Um, this movie was written by Dana Olson. Okay. A guy. And Joe Dante. And director, directed by Joe Dante. Oh, that's, did I not say directed by? No. Wow, this... I'm you sorry. said and. Oh, that's But Joe Dante, directed you, by. you, you mm-hmm. would know from Gremlins. And, oh, uh, yes. Yeah, Gremlins too. It stars Piranha. Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, who we were just talking about. Right. Um, Carrie Fisher, question Carrie Fisher. mark. She's barely in the movie. She's in it, but she's definitely a... a that's a third... Really, she'd be fourth build, but she's more famous than the next build person. Rick is, Document? Yeah, that's the character of Art. He's the guy from, he's the chauffeur in Blank Check. Hello. Hello. <laughs> blank Check. Yeah, Blank Check. Future episode of Blank Check. Okay, so when we do Blank Check, mm-hmm. are we also going to do, um, oh my god, I'm Richie Rich? Out. Yeah. With Macaulay Culkin? And then like compare and rank which one's better? Oh, there's no point. Blank Check is far better than Richie Rich, but okay. The different premises. Richie Rich, he's rich from the beginning. Okay? He's always had money. The boy is rich. He's out of touch with the world. Blank check. He gets a million dollars. He purchases the best deal for a castle ever. I don't know how he manages to buy this this home. It's a castle in the middle of, like, suburbia. Let's go watch just it for right a mil- now. Like, he, and he only probably spent half his money. Then he builds... I wish money stretched out as well as it did in 1994 when Blank Check came out. I'm raising my hand so Tyler will let me talk. Okay. Go do, ahead. Do we own Blank Check? No, it's not one that's easily... Um, Are you, is it on your watch list? Oh, yeah. It, like to it will get... cycle on to Hulu every now and again, like for a month. It wasn't. But see, now Disney's got this new... Who knows? Because that was like a Disney... It's a Disney property, and now Disney's going to launch their own thing. So who knows if we'll ever go back to Hulu. The DVD's always a little bit more expensive than you think it should be. What is like the maximum you want to pay for these uh, old DVDs? Well, I like to pay a good $3 on eBay. <laughs> Or less. And sometimes if it teeters into 4 or $5, I get a little hesitant. And that, I feel like, is always like hitting like the 9 or $10 Ooh, range. Yeah, yeah, it's higher. So I'm always just like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's available on Amazon for $9.99. Yeah, see, I don't know. I or like... eBay for $10. You're right. That's a little pricey. Outrageous. Anyway, we're talking about the burbs. <laughs> okay, so how did we even get Because it? the chauffeur gotcha, is gotcha, art gotcha, gotcha. in the burbs. Gotcha. Okay. Um, it also has, uh, some appearances by Corey Feldman. He's not in very much. He kind of he's is not. like a... He's super young. He's like 18 in this movie. He's very young. He's kind of just commenting on the movie. He's never, doesn't really have a whole lot to do in the movie other than to kind of be like a surfy, surf bro mm-hmm. watching the, the shenanigans of the other characters. Mm-hmm. And, um... It's an and Corey Feldman credit though, so... The Burbs has been, you were telling me, has been talked about recently because Dick Miller. Oh, yeah. So the reason I wanted to watch this movie mm-hmm. was that I was on uh, some form of uh, media, social media. I don't know. 
But Dick Miller is an actor uh, who props up in lots of stuff, including like Gremlins. And he uh, died. And there is this, he's not in very much of the movie. He's a, plays a garbage man. But there is uh, like archival footage of him on set with Corey Feldman and Tom Hanks. And like Corey Feldman's fucking around goofing around and dick miller looks at him and is like hey shut the fuck up kid we're trying to do some we're trying to do a scene here and he might be joking but i my world he's not and he's just like super irritated with Corey feldman and i love that and it's a great little uh moment it's almost as good as when buzz aldrin punched a guy who called him a uh, said the fake moon landing was a uh, was fake or whatever There's i mean good, i'm normally not a proponent of violence Ooh, but that's a good one though that's a good one <laughs> like Fuck you. It's like, I fucking went there. I'll pop you in the nose. I'll pop you right in the nose. He's, plus, he's an old man, and that's cool. <laughs> Remind anyway. that when one of our kids gets popped in the mo- nose from an old man. My first thing I'm going to ask one of my kids, if he gets popped in the nose or her, nah, it'll be he. Uh, <laughs> it's going uh, to be, uh, were you being an asshole? <laughs> because, What'd you do? listen, I got popped in the mouth once. What? No, yeah. you didn't. Because, you know what? Yeah, I was. I was like 10. I was playing some game, and actually, what's weird about this scenario was that normally, I'm always being, I was always being an asshole, right? Yeah, you've been mouthy All from, the time. like, probably before you could talk, you were mouthy. Very mouthy in general, right? Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, I very clearly was not being mouthy. This kid came up to me, his name was also Tyler, by the way, which was weird, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he was having, like, a, like, he was, like, I was on his turf or something, right? Maybe. I don't it's know. Tyler turf. I don't know, but uh, he, he, like, said, hey, Tyler, I turned around, and he punched me right in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. How old were you? Like, ten. And I was at school. No, I was at home, just in the neighborhood, over in the hood. Over in the hood. Yeah, don't say that. The Pine Hill. <laughs> um, over in white suburbia. Yeah. Oh yeah, so white, <laughs> but like the whitest place in the world. But um, yeah, no, I wasn't. Uh, I I I don't. I, to this day, I don't know what I did. I think what it seems like to me was like there was some kind of conversation that I was not a part of, and like. So, my theory is, is that some other kid was talking some shit to this because I don't even know the kid. Like I barely – I knew his name, but I didn't know much about him. But I think there was some talking to shit, and he's like, who's talking shit about me? And then like that kid was like, who's that guy? And then he came over and popped me in the mouth. And so you know what I did? I went home. Did you cry? <laughs> no, but I just decided I was done with whatever we were doing. I just walked away because I didn't – I genuinely didn't understand why I got punched. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah, I got punched right in the mouth. It was okay. a little, he didn't hurt, though, because he was, I mean, he had a 10-year-old hand, so, you know, mm-hmm. that, didn't, mm-hmm. that didn't hurt very much. So the Burbs clocks in it an hour and 41 minutes, uh-huh. right in that beautiful little over an hour and a half, but right in there. And what's notable about this movie is that it does not leave uh, the Burbs. It does not leave this cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. We are in this location the entire film, and it was all entirely shot in... On Universal Backlot? Yep, that's, well, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I, I take that back. There, oh, there is a shot where we are... I don't know how they got this shot. It's amazing. But they were they it's the planet Earth, right? It's the planet Earth and they zoom all the way down That's true, they into do that. the the suburbs. It goes from that universal It looks logo. like the Midwest too. How do they do it? I don't know. How did they get that shot? Amazing. Estimated budget was $18 million. Uh-huh. It made $11 million on opening weekend. Okay. And then it grossed in the US 36 million. So right. doubled its doubled its budget and came in at 49 million worldwide. It's a modest win. That's a modest win, Tyler says. Yeah, that's a successful... I mean, not like... It, but it wasn't a big budget thing, so... Mm-hmm. Sure. Worked out. So you say you remember this movie once it started going, kind of. 
What yeah, you point? know when you're like watching a movie that yeah. you don't remember? You probably don't because you remember everything. You have this like brain for movies. I do not have this brain for movies. So it just, my brain purges it, snips it all away. So I have no memory. But then as I was watching this one, I was like, this is all very familiar. As soon as it opens up and the dog is the neighborhood dog, the old man's little white fluffy fucking dog is taking a shit on someone else's lawn. I was like, I fucking know this movie. Do you think you know this movie because you've seen the movie or is it because we have a fucking dog in our own neighborhood that does this? Um, I think it's because I've seen the movie because I kept remembering other parts of the movie. I hate that dog. But, yeah, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. And I've been threading over this because we're having this um, situation right now. We have mm-hmm. a neighbor dog. A that, little white fluffy dog. It's pooping all over our yard. We have kids. And we I, don't have a dog right no, now. No, we don't have a dog right now. And I like dogs in general, but I don't like having to pick up. And I've stepped in this poop like move like mm-hmm. accidentally a few times. It poops in our front grass, in our bark area, right. in our landscaped area. It poops now, everywhere. The mature thing would be, well, you go talk to them. Yeah, you go knock on the door. You have a conversation. But I don't. Uh, I, that's that's anx- that's a lot of anxiety. <laughs> it's also confrontational. It is, and we've you know they're. Na- there's a there's a balance. There's a fine line, right? You have to live mm-hmm. next to these people. You're trying to figure out like, can I tolerate this? Because like, there's also like older teens living there, and for the most part, they're relatively quiet. But what if I piss them off and they start blasting music and being real shitheady? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to like escalate any situation. Mm-hmm. So what I do instead is is I get my shovel every now and again and I huck it into the yard. <laughs> And I tell you, you should hug it into their driveway. But that, to me, feels just a little bit too far. Like, they'll know that I'm doing that. Whereas, if I throw it in their yard, it's like, well, the dog shit in my own yard. Sure. I say flick it on their driveway. Okay. What are they going to do? Walk out one day when you're doing it and be like, hey, what are you doing? And you be like, flicking your dog shit into your space. Yeah, no, I have that anxiety. <laughs> I mean, I will be wielding a shovel, so I mean, there's a little bit more confidence in me. <laughs> like, I got <laughs> but, a weapon. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Anyway. <laughs> what I like about this movie okay. is we live in the burbs. We do. Kind well, of. Sure. I mean, we live in a cul-de-sac, which this uh, film is set on a cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. And even though it was 30 years ago, um, a lot of the cul-de-sac-ness of it yeah. exists in our neighborhood Nothing today. has really changed in terms of like what suburbia is it in really a lot isn't. of ways. Um and I don't know if all neighborhoods are like this, because I definitely have a lot of friends that don't know their neighbors. But in our neighborhood, we do know our neighbors. We talk to them. We lo- we get to know them. We spend time together. But there's always one or two that we don't know and that don't really belong. Or, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like the people with the dogs. Well, shitting. I'm friendly with them, though, so it's not we like... We are. I, you know. But, like, it's like there's always somebody in the neighborhood we're talking about. Well, because there are people, <laughs> right, that are... They're like we can't hide. We have children. They we where we leave, everybody knows when we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Our children are allowed. Whereas if you're like only like one or two people, you can kind of like get mm-hmm. in and out without knowing what's going on. But I do what I do appreciate about this movie and that it's Joe Dante. So mm-hmm. right off the bat, it kind of reveals itself to what kind of movie this is because uh, he like the, the paperboy is being a, a little bit of a dick with that newspaper. Mm-hmm. This is I think uh, the, this is the death of journalism. By the way, the start right here. The just, goddamn these paper boys chucking papers. The goddamn paper boys. Yeah. Anyway, he chucks it like right at Tom Hanks, right? And he like well, because Tom Hanks is walking out with his robe yeah. and his coffee down to the front of the yard. Mm-hmm. And then that paper boy rolls by and like like throws it chucks right at it him, right at his chest. Okay, hits him right on the chest, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so what's he do? He's got a, a thing of coffee in his hand. He chucks that hot coffee at that kid. Like, flings it at him. He definitely scalded that child. <laughs> I think the, I think he was out of the range. He was on a bike. Barely, though. Like, had he not, that's some hot coffee. You burn the shit out of that kid. I'm hotter than my coffee right now, but that's okay. You're like, fuck you, kid, for delivering my newspaper. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, I like that. Right off the bat. Yes. It sets the tone. <coughs> this is, these are real people. You set the, so, I mean, this movie, um, spends its first few minutes really just kind of like showing us like the layout of this cul-de-sac, who lives where. The main gist of this is that the house next to Tom Hanks is a real ratty looking, it's really been falling apart. The lawn is torched and there's just some people that never appear. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going on with them. You know, this happens in, a, you know, we've had previous neighbors like this. You know, you're just like, well, what's going on with this place, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we, you know, we just get a little bit of time with all of these, and it's very broad, but it's it's heightened in kind of a, a fun way. You know, it's, there's a little bit of an edge to it. It's got some humor to it. Um, but, you know, I like it. I like uh, getting into this world. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's breezy. It feels natural. It doesn't feel like it's dragon. Mm-hmm. Getting to know these characters are all eccentric, but it doesn't feel like it's a real, um, it's not a pain to, to kind of learn. It doesn't feel too broad or stereotypical even now. Mm-hmm. Even though Corey Feldman's being like a surfer dude or whatever. And I don't understand. He's Did he make a comment about his parents being out of town or something? Or is he like the only one living there? Or what's going on there? I don't know. I think I did miss a comment because he's okay. like 18. And he's supposed to be like painting the house. Or something. But he's mm-hmm. just kind of hanging out. He kind of sits on the front line. He brings over a girlfriend uh, to like, here, watch the show. We don't need to watch TV. We'll watch our neighbors be kooky. Mm-hmm. And then later, he's like, when everything goes, like, the shit really goes down, he has, like, a party so people invite to kind of see what's going on. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's kind of weird. And then, of course, I think the, the standout character is obviously Bruce Stern, who is, like, this uh, ex-military guy. He's just, you know, just being very Bruce Stern, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love it. He's got, is that his wife? It's his wife that he's yeah. living with. Mm-hmm. What's She's name? like, they make a couple of like two sexualized uh, camera angles on her, which is weird because they feel like they're not the same age, right? Bruce Stern, this was 30 years ago. The man is like supposed to be kind of seemingly elderly in this movie, but he's still kicking to this day, which is great. Love Bruce Stern. He is awesome. Yep. I love it. Anyway. I was going to look up to see how old he is. He's old. He was real old in that hateful he, age. Exactly. He was ruled in Hayley Great he in Nebraska was, uh, just a couple years ago. His wife in the Burbs is Wendy Shaw. Okay, played yeah. by Wendy Shaw. Yep, and and then we have Carrie Fisher, who is Tom Hanks' his wife. They have a young, like an eight-year-old boy. But you don't need to worry about these two characters because they're not really a factor in the movie at all, wouldn't you say? You have Carrie Fisher; she's not he, really in the movie about much. He's like eighty-three years old. Carrie Fisher, Bruce Dern. Oh, Carrie Fisher is no longer with us. She isn't. What's crazy about Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher in this movie right. is that they're just, like, grown-ups with kids. One kid. One kid. A dog, too. And uh, we look up their age, because you're like, oh, seems like there's maybe an age difference there. Oh, you said that. Did I? Yeah, it was you. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, it was you. You have this belief, anytime that Tom Hanks is not, uh, I don't know, how he looks now, you're like, he looks young. <laughs> okay, and he was young. Sure. He's younger than we are now. Yes, that's right. He and Carrie Fisher were born in the same year, so they, they are the exact same age. So they are, uh, they met, what, at high school, college? They're, they no, clearly... they're not that young. They're like 33 in the movie. No, I understand that, but I'm saying that they... Oh, as people? Yeah, In as... real life? I don't know. I'm just saying, oh, like... in the movie? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Who cares what I was saying? 
My point was that Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. for all her greatness, is not really in much of this movie. Very typical 80s fashion where she's just playing the wife. And I think that's probably, you kind of know that's going on right away when, like, she's not billed second. Because mm-hmm. it's Tom Hanks and it goes, all, you know, that he's above the title. Then it goes starring Bruce Dern. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait. What? And then it's next is Carrie Fisher. Like, Carrie, Bruce Dern got billed before Carrie Fisher? That's mm-hmm. weird. Because Carrie Fisher's like the white, you know, it just seems like that would be, you know, she's the Princess Leia, for God's sake. But yeah, no, she's uh, not not a major factor. She kind of just complaining about why Tom Hanks has decided to take a week off from work and stay home. They, she's trying to get him to go to the lake or something. But he's like, no, I don't want to do that. And it there, it's hinted at that there's some, like... It's weird. I, yeah, and I think there's some deleted, weird. there's some remarks about other scenes maybe that were shot where he's having some work issues because it's like, well, I don't want to deal with that right now or something. Like, there's a reason yeah. why he's, um, home. Is, did he get me too We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But anyway. Probably not because it's Tom Hanks. And then we have the character of Art who is a blank check chauffeur. And he did some other great things, but, <laughs> but he's this weird guy. Now, listen, I guess the main issue that I, it's not an issue, but what I find, fascinating about them. and maybe this is the whole point of it right mm-hmm. is that we're supposed to be worried about these scary neighbors right but all these other people are really fucked up <laughs> what do you mean art he's just like the friend or whatever his wife is gone and he's just over like grabbing food out of the fridge and like sitting down like he's having a weird thing you got cory feldman who's being he's like what 18-year-old is just, like, hanging out and talking to all the neighbors? It's just a strange thing. Bruce Oh, Dern. the neighbors across the street? Those boys are always just talking to no, us. No, they're not. Come on. Not like this, where you're, like, hanging out. It, 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 it. And then Bruce Dern, who he's clearly, like, lost his mind in Vietnam or something. I don't know. But he's lost his mind. The do- the guy with the dog. It's a weird heightened world of, of strange people. The the weird uh, murderous people next door. Uh, that Does that really out of place? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, I mean, yeah, we we have a neighborhood of caricatures for sure. Sure, They're, but it's kind of fun. It's a comedy. Yeah. We're we're having some fun with it. But then it's it's like right away we get to hear there's you go out at nighttime. There's weird rumbling going on. The neighbor's house is lighting up under the ground. Okay, you know what just flashed into my head? Uh-huh. There's a scene where two or three of them are hiding behind some garbage cans, watching the neighbor put some. A big black garbage bag. That's where the really dark things start can. changing into focus. And you yeah. know what just popped into my head? Hmm. Um, the times when you hear a weird noise outside and you turn off all the lights in the house, mm-hmm. you go to our bathroom, mm-hmm. you look out the bathroom window mm-hmm. to spy on the neighbors. That's your ass idea. You're always looking for suspicious garbage bags being pushed into trash You're cans. Goddamn right. Or for holes being dug in the backyard. Absolutely. I'm going to pay attention to this business. I think this movie yeah. is for you. No, I know. Well, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> See, there's weird shit going on and yeah. <laughs> this is weird. I would be freaking out too if, like, the your McBoyle uh, guy, because this these okay. So the people that live next door, uh, the first one you really get a good glimpse of is this younger lad, mm-hmm. and they're a, he looks like a McBoyle from like <laughs> like he needs to have like from a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird. Like I like he's got weird hair or like a deliverance guy, right? He looks like a like a freak, like a freakazoid. Like a freak. But he's hauling out this giant bag of trash, and it's ra- is it already raining or that it, it was not raining before? He drives. He's not hauling out. He puts it in the back of his car. Mm-hmm. Turn drives slowly down the driveway with the car with the headlights off. They make a point of commenting on that, and then he's trying to stuff it in there. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Hanks later in the night sees that it's raining. He looks out, and all three of these McBoyles are out in the back digging holes. 
Very unusual behavior. Very suspicious. I would think that they were probably doing something bad, too. Why would you go out and dig in the middle of the rain? You're automatically, right when you scoop some dirt out, what, is the mud's going to slide back in? Rain's going to fill all that thing up? It's just, it's not, it doesn't, unless you have to dig right then, you wouldn't want to be digging right now. It's inconvenient. So I do have a question for you. Okay. Do you remember in the movie where it was like, um, there was like this older lady at the window of the yeah. Klopex house or whatever, and Tom Hanks is like, oh, hi, Mrs. Klopex, I want to ask you something, and she closes the window. Does that lady ever reappear in the movie? Is that meant to be the older, like the the, the guy, the, the main, not the main doctor, but the other older man, or one of the, or the, the young McBoyle? I, I, now I want to go back and watch. I was meant to make a comment, a comment on that and do some research on that before this podcast, but, you know, we didn't. We didn't. So that's weird. I know, it seemed like it was a woman, but maybe he was just mistaken, and that's the joke that we just missed out on because we have too many children and we can't stay awake past things? It's possible. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hey! Hmm. It's time for a brand new segment. Oh! It's called Angela Explains It All. Na 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 na. Okay, so this is a, a a new segment to our show in which I ask you to explain something movie related, kind of related or somewhat related to the movie that we're discussing. Today's Angela explains it all. Mm-mm. It's a Tom Hanks film. Mm-mm. A Tom Hanks film called Forrest Gump. Mm. I want you to tell me. What's up with Forrest Gump? What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing in Forrest Gump? What do you mean? What am I supposed to explain? Forrest Gump is like a nine-hour movie. What's he doing? What's he doing in Forrest Gump? What? Tell me what you remember about what's going on with Tom Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. I don't remember. Is he running? Is he running Forrest? Running or what's he doing? Forrest Gump spans like sixty years. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear the highlights. Oh man! First of all, he's just walking around in a suit, sitting on a bench. Sure. Saying, life is like a box of chocolates. Okay. You never know what you're going to get next with some old lady. And he's telling this old lady, and then who changes out to be various different people, I think. Because he's talking for so long. he's talking for like 90 years. They're all waiting for a bus and see, you only get a part of the story. Um, and so he tells us his, basically his whole life story about him, how he, how he and Jenny were neighbors growing up uh-huh. and Jenny's dad used to beat the shit out of her. Uh-huh. So they became best friends and yeah. it was like, Jenny would always pray like, take me away from here, fly, fly, far away, blah, blah, blah. And then they grew up. He was in love with her. He's a little slow. So she wasn't that interested in him. What do you mean him. slow? He just had that like, I'm Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. And then I may it, not be very smart. Yeah. But I know what love is. Then he goes, he uh, he uh, fights in the war. Which war was that? Vietnam War. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> he uh, meets his friend, Bubba Gump. Nope, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. His name is Bubba Gump? Well, his name Forrest is Gump Bubba. had a friend named Bubba Gump? Oh, Unbelievable. No. His name is Bubba. What are the odds? <laughs> Is there a place to eat called Bubba Gump? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like a chain of like shrimp uh, oh my seafood God. Okay, called so Bubba Gump. Because him. they make a fishing company yes. called Bubba Gumps. Okay. And he meets the president. Which one? Uh, Kennedy. A few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he meet Clinton later in that Maybe. movie? Maybe. I don't remember now. No, that was a different... That was contact where they brought it. I don't know. That's not and true. And then... That was the same technology. Jenny... Has a shitty life. She's like a stripper or something, maybe. Maybe. He goes and saves her and hauls her out, and she's like, what are you doing? 
Um, I know what love is. And then he starts running. <laughs> There's a part where he runs across yeah. America. <laughs> a couple um, times. <laughs> there was a smiling face involved on his shirt. All right. That's a weird thing to remember, but all right. Just, it was something to do with, like, just be happy or something. Okay. Yeah. Where, like, some mud got sprayed on him and he turned it into a smiley face or something like that. Jeez, this movie sounds long. Oh, my God. It was so long. And then the end. Okay. So, cool. That's pretty good. You didn't, I, the couple things that I'm surprised you didn't mention, Sally Fields' mom. Eh. <laughs> Whatever. Lieutenant Dan? Oh, yeah, Lieutenant Dan. Oh, my God. I only know this actor as Lieutenant Dan. Gary Sinise. Yeah, when they're in Vietnam, he saves him. He gets his leg blown off. Yep. Yeah, that's a thing. So you forgot the two big act, two other big actors in the mm-hmm. thing. But... but, like, Sally Field, whatever. All right. Really? <laughs> I mean, like, it's Sally not her Field, story. Whatever. No, but, you know, she's she's Mama. Whatever. Mama always said life's like a watch box Forrest of chocolate. Because it feels like a chore to watch it. <laughs> I think we were just recently talking about this. Like, it's, it's one of my... I enjoy... I have good memories of the movie, but I remember being really long. Okay, so the thing about Forrest Gump is that I think we all really, like, embraced it at the time. Yeah. But then you've... I've, I've heard, anyway. I have not revisited it in a long time. Came out in 94. It's so kind we of like, 11 a, it's years like old. a classic thing for our, our show, right? But it seems like the tie... The word is turned on it a little bit. Like, it seems like people don't like it as much. Or they don't like it like they used to like it. Let me tell you why. Okay. Two hours, 22 minutes. That's not that long. That seems like it's shorter. That's as long as a Suspiria, for God's sake. I think it's it's one of those where if you take a story across too many time periods, it feels really long. Maybe. That was like the whole sweeping scope of it. That's why it's a, it, it an makes Oscar it, darling. You feel how long it is, though, because the story is spans so much time. And that was Angela Explains It All. I hate you. <laughs> Okay, well, you son of a bitch, I'm out of coffee. Oh, okay. Tonight, I'm drinking coffee, so instead of a spot of tea, Tyler's all, listen, you could just pretend it's tea and no one will know. And I was like, I would know. And Is there I enough coffee in there for myself. me, or are you not uh, going to give me any? We'll find out. Okay, jeez. We'll see how well you do on this uh, spot of coffee no, with I gave Tyler. You, it wasn't like that. You knew, you listened to you. You did very good with Forrest Gump. Did I, though? Yeah, you got the, the Bubba Gump, and you got the Bubba Vietnam, Gump. and you got uh, Jenny. Mm-hmm. The I know what, I see, I, I picked that because you used to do that. Please turn me into a bird. Far, far away from here. Mm-hmm. You used to do that a lot. I did. That was the thing I did. Yeah, you did that a lot. But, like, why? I don't know. You know why? It's because this is a chant that just stuck in my head. Yeah. Surprises. Did you do that when you were playing softball back in the day? Was that, like, your chant to get a no. whack-a-homer over the... Probably because of my traumatic childhood I was trying to trying get, es- get escaped from. To... Thanks for bringing it up. Should we turn this podcast into that? It's dark shit. I was talking about whacking a homer <laughs> over the fence of the Just wall. Just kidding. Whacking oh a homer. All right, Tyler. So for this uh, Tea Time with Tyler, you have until I fill up my mug with an amount of coffee that I find sufficient <laughs> to tell me... Okay. Name as many... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sally Field movies as possible. <laughs> and Sally go. Field. Well, there's Forrest Gump. There is uh, Norma. Is it Norma Ray? Is that the one where she's uh... for you giving me all this shit about not remembering <laughs> Sally Field? That's all you can remember. Norma Ray. Keep going. She's in. Uh, she's in that Maniac show we just watched. Does that count? Yes. <laughs> she was in uh, that show. That wasn't she on that Brothers and Sisters show forever? <laughs> Sally Field. 
And then Sally Field was God. This she was in lots of movies and she's had like Oscar nominations. That's it, Tyler. <laughs> you should feel so ashamed of yourself. I got that normal Ray. Give me your mug. Oh, I get more coffee. Yes. All right. <laughs> Name me some shows or TV movie or movies that uh, Lieutenant Dan was in and go. Oh, he's in Mission to Mars, <laughs> and he's in uh, Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage, and he's in Apollo Thirteen also with Tom Hanks. And he's also Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And then, um, he's Okay, in- so that was easier for you than well, Sally Field. And here you are giving me shit for not remembering Sally Field. He was on CSI. Field. Was he CSI New York? Was that One of Gary Sinise's? No, he was in, um, CSI Lieutenant Dan. Oh, yeah. That's what it was called. I remember that one. <laughs> that was the best one, I thought. It's a pretty good one. Um,. Would you like to know some other movies that Sally Field was in? I want to know what she was Oscar nominated for, because I know there's a couple, a few. Well, I would have to, like, pull that oh, up. Jesus Christ. Um, she was in Steel Magnolias. Yeah, that's We're gonna, That's on our list. Sure. She was in Lincoln. Oh, yeah. She played Mary Todd. <laughs> 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 what laugh was that? Is that your Mary Todd laugh? She was know. insane. Jeez, what, what a commentary on. Oh, my God. That's almost sounded know. insulting. I don't know where that laugh I saw Lincoln. From. I liked Lincoln. She was a winner. In 1985 for Places in the Heart. Oh, yeah. Places in the Heart, that's what she She was a winner in 1980 for Norma Rae. Okay, yep. She was a nominee in 2013 for Lincoln. Yeah, okay. Well, she didn't get nominated as much as I thought. Norma Rae and then Places in the Heart. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Would you like to know some other movies she was in? Okay, yeah. Or, like, do you not care? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I care, but I don't necessarily care right in this moment. But she was... She did voice Sassy in Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Was she? Did she come back for the sequel, Home Abound Two: Lost in San Francisco? Yes, as <laughs> awesome. sassy. Um, she was in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that voice? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, she was dating Pierce Brosnan, who wanted the jambalaya that night, and that was where fateful. the heart is. Yeah. Legally Blonde Two. Oh, I don't remember that one. I guess all her good stuff was like in the yeah. early eighties. She was in Lincoln recently, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good role. She kind of. It seemed like she went quiet there for a while. Well, you know, Hollywood don't like those older ladies. They're always saying, get out of here, older ladies. You know what? We haven't seen a lot of movies with Sally Field. I'm looking at the list. Well, she's like a, you know, she's been prolific for the, through the 70s and 80s, so. Yeah, we didn't see a lot of 70s movies. I mean, I, I'd go back and watch. She know. started in the 60s. Yeah, she's been around forever. Sally Field, she's great. She did a lot of TV. You want to talk about the burbs anymore? I do. <laughs> All right. Okay. So back uh, to the burbs. So, you know, there's some strange things going on. They they really start going off the deep end. And then you get the great moment, which is in the trailer that we saw, <laughs> of they find a bone. <laughs> the The guy with the dog goes missing. The dog is there, but the guy has disappeared. No one knows where he is. The old for, guy. for these nosy people to always know this guy, he's just suddenly not there. And he's always very particular about his dog. Right. Yep. So they, uh, Bruce Stern and Art, I can't, the actor, I'm just going to call him Art. I don't know what Bruce Stern's character's name is. Um, but they start getting real crazy about this. The garbage man comes in, the garbage man, Dick Miller makes a great comment. It's like, this is why I don't like, oh, that's the great, yeah. A great line, iconic line from the movie, which is just like, uh, you know, he, he, the garbage man's in there, they're ranting. Art's digging through the trash to Mm -hmm. find out what happened to this black bag, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I hate cul-de-sacs, there's only one way out and people are kind of weird. It's true. There's only one way out. 
There is only one way out. Are kind of weird. And the people are kind of weird. That's pretty much the tagline. That's pretty much what this movie is. That right? was a few minutes or a few seconds after Art calls him because uh, he's digging through the trash straight out of the garbage truck, mm-hmm. and uh, it's getting all over the ground. And the garbage man's like, "Who's gonna pick these up? Pick this up!" And Art yells, "The Garbies! You're the Garbies! You're oh, gonna call them Garbies! Call them Garbies! That's an insult, isn't it? That's really offensive. I never heard of that before. It's a real d- d- dig. It's a cutting remark at their profession. It's the goddamn Garbies. Let them do it." That's Weird. what Bruce Stern did. Oh, did Bruce Stern say that too? No, oh. I'm pretty certain it was that art character. Oh, okay, so um, Bruce Stern's character was named Mark Runs- Rumsfeld. Oh, okay, it's Rumsfeld. Bruce Stern. I don't know. I can't think of anything besides Rumsfeld. But anyway, this really hits the fan later when uh, the dog Tom Hanks's dog comes up and has like a big bone in his mouth and a big, big and Art's bone. like, "What's this bone?" He's like. Like it's a femur. He's like, well, I don't know what a femur. Like, no, it's like a femur is like as in a human leg or whatever, human thigh. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, it's Walter. And then the camera does like the zoom in, zoom, zoom out, in, like zoom out, shake. And they're going, no, no. I mean, that's in, just like, out, in, out, yeah. In, I mean, that's the bread and butter of this movie, right? It's just mm-hmm. silly and fun, but in a dark way, obviously, because mm-hmm. we're looking at a bone. Mm-hmm. But we're not, we're not taking it, we're not taking the the antics too seriously. No, right? We're having fun with this like cannibalism <laughs> subplot yes. or what have you okay so then um you know really the main thing after this point is oh i guess we have to talk about one thing was that dream sequence so tom hanks is watching scary movies he's watching like the exorcist he's watching like a texas chainsaw movie and he falls asleep and he has like a nightmare this bizarre nightmare where he is my favorite part of this and i'm curious to know if this is a connection on purpose but at the end of this dream he is strapped down on a barbecue Mm -hmm. a circular small barbecue Mm -hmm. tied down about to be cooked kind of like how one woody the cowboy gets strapped to or gets thrown into the barbecue when sid is preparing his rocket launch in toy story is this a coincidence I don't think so. I think the people at Pixar decided that this was going to be a little bit of a little throwback. A little nod? I think so. They, I mean, Pixar's pretty good about doing that. So I think, um, yeah, we have this moment. And this is like, I would describe this movie, too, as the way that Tom Hanks is ranting and raving in this movie is very much like Toy Story 1 Woody. <laughs> like, hysterical over Buzz being around, right? And just kind of losing his mind all over the place. That's kind of what this, uh, and you know, this is in the Tom Hanks is like a comedic actor wheelhouse before he really started getting into those super dramatic roles. So it makes sense, but yeah, not a coincidence. I don't think to see this, uh, dream sequence end with, uh, him getting, uh, thrown on a barbecue. Mm-hmm. And At he's first like, glance on the internet, no connections of that. There's a snake in my boot. Yeah. Who are you calling Buster? Buster. Oh no, no. What did he say? Oh man, Toy Story, great movie. Such a that, great movie. There's another trailer for that today because of the football thing. Oh, there is? Toy Story 4, just like 30 seconds. Anyway, so there was that dream sequence. But then, like, the main. So this movie kind of shifts into high gear once they. Carrie Fisher, limited that she's allowed to do, finally just is like, okay, you guys stop it. Mm-hmm. Let's go over. We'll bring some. I don't know, crumpets? I don't know what they bring over. Tea and crumpets? They don't bring anything Some brownies, over. I think. Maybe brownies. They go over, and then we're just going to invite themselves in, and we're going to have, like, a sit-down. That's when we see the young McBoyle with his weird uh, hair all over his face. We get the, the older man, and then we're finally introduced to the doctor. And the doctor is, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? Help me out here. 
I got you. You were the entire time. You want you for some reason. You really wanted one of these characters to be Jeff Sessions. Yeah, because you're like, oh, that old guy. He looks like Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions. Jeffrey Beauregard. And here's the thing: that middle, that second guy doesn't really look like Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions. But I'll tell you what: uh, Henry Gibson is the actor's name. Mm-hmm. Henry Gibson is the doctor. He's like the patriarch of this family. And yeah, I could definitely, you could definitely get a Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions vibe from this guy. Oh, for sure. I, I Henry Gibson is. A, a, a kind of a great notable actor. He's uh, in like Nashville, and he was in like a little part in Magnolia and the Blues Brothers. But we we also remember him from being like a judge on like Boston Legal. Yes, that William Shatner show. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the guy is not. He looks like <laughs> in this movie. He looked like what he looks like mm-hmm. in 2006 era Boston Legal. He's got the white. He just looks the same. Same like yep. Bruce Stern. These guys don't age. It's amazing. They don't. I think this Henry so Gibson might have recently. He he might have died. But in two thousand nine. Okay. There's a lot of art. Art. That character. That actor has died. Carrie Fisher sadly passed away. Um. Yeah. A lot of um. People. Corey Feldman still alive. Still. Corey. Thinking. Which one's the, Which one died? Corey Haim. I don't know. One of those guys died. About? Right. Maybe he's alive. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, what you're talking about. Look up Google. Look Corey up the Google. Haim? I don't know who that is. Oh, what are you God. talking about? We, we, we're doing a podcast on the 80s and the 90s, and you don't Why know Why should people. I know who Corey Haim is? All right, never mind. Who's it's, Corey Haim? It's fine. He's another Corey. The two Corys. They made a show together. Corey Haim. H-A-I-M. Well, one of the Google's suggested searches was cause of death, so I'm going to guess it was... So he, he dead. He in 2010. But Corey Feldman, still with us. He's also doing, like, this is... By the way, if you really want a connection between Corey Feldman's uh, where the origins of say his Donatello voice in the Turtles movies, the Ninja Turtle movies, mm-hmm. he it's he's doing it in this movie. He's like surfer guy. Now it's granted he's he ends up voicing Donatello, who's more like the tech guy, but he it's doing the same voice anyway. Like the Lost Boys and stuff. Come on, <sighs> I remember the Lost Boys. I don't remember who that guy is. Okay, I just remember fine. the main guy. But anyway, we get this weird scene where. Oh, yeah. They have found the old man Walter's toupee, right? Mm-hmm. And they are investigating the house. They're trying to, like, get some information out of these weirdos. They're very weird. The doctor does some weird, like, experiments or something his work. He comes out. He shakes Tom Hanks' hand when it's got blood all over it. It's not blood. It turns out to be paint. But, you know, all this stuff's going on. Art's on the outside trying to, like, snoop on stuff. There's a giant dog in the basement. Mm-hmm. We begin to kind of unravel this thing, right? And that's when Tom Hanks goes to Carrie Fisher. Is like, oh yeah, it's fine, right? But then they're like, I found the toupee. The toupee we left there. They must have come back and got it. It must mean he's he's they murdered him, right? So then we get um, this is kind of when the movie climaxes, right? Mm-hmm. They decide to now for these guys. They've been really. I mean, I granted only very little time has gone by, but their plan. Not a great one. No, they very o- bad. They overhear that they're going to leave the old, the creepy family. Mm-hmm. So they're driving off, and they're just decided, like, okay, well, we're just going to hop over the fence and start digging or something, right? Yep. <laughs> that doesn't go well. No. Bruce Dern is supposed to be watching. From the roof of a house, the house next door. Right, and he's got, like, a scope, and he actually has a big old sniper rifle out, right? But then it turns out later that he doesn't, like... Stop! Like he doesn't see them drive into the neighborhood later, where they end up getting the cuffs. Not doing a very good job. He uh, he sees when uh, Corey Feldman's uh, friends and stuff come, but he doesn't actually see when these come guys come in. So he's not doing his job. Uh, he calls one of those kids like a he calls, calls some kids some, a what? name or two on the lawn. That's pretty funny. Sure. He's like, God damn it! God <laughs> damn it! It's great. I can't even do the god the goddamns as well as Bruce. No one can. He's the best at it. But then they decide like, okay, well, obviously there's no bones here. We just break into the house, and he like. <laughs> 
Everything they do is so bizarre. He gets his credit card out. He snaps and breaks that. Doesn't pick up the piece of his... I mean, where are you? Are you not covering your tracks at all? Like, you're, you got your name right on that credit card, right? He doesn't even pick it up. No, he, he just leaves it on it the there. ground. They break into the... the ba- they go down to the basement. The basement has got, like, a super furnace, right? Just the strongest furnace you've ever seen in your life. It's meant, obviously, for cooking up bodies. Obviously. Right? There's an only explanation for it. So they start digging in the cellar. And they just start digging and digging and digging. They do a big hole. And it feels like, okay, maybe he's not going to find anything. And sure enough, like, he hits something. And this is when all the, the neighbors come back. Yeah. He hits a gas line. Oh, call before you dig, man. Call before you dig. This is the number one lesson. Was that the number, national number? National number, 811. Okay, great. Always call before you dig. Even if you're digging even in the, backyard. In the neighbor's basement. Oh, yeah, because we didn't even bring up the fart. The fart. The, the fact that art... They decide to, like, cut the power or something like that? Because it's uh, alarm system rigged. Oh, yes. <laughs> so to get the alarm down, they think it's a real bright idea to climb up the power pole yeah. with a, a pair of hedge clippers <laughs> yeah. and just cut the line. And it doesn't go well for him, obviously. Yeah, just 240 volts of electricity. Uh, it gets electrocuted pretty solid and falls mm-hmm. off the building. To the part where his, like he's smoking, like his body is smoking, like... He's going to need to go to the hospital. I think what you were pointing out when you were watching this was like, this is an example of this a little bit, but like, because it's heightened cartoonish a little bit. You're like, this is like a, this is like a blank check, check type kids movie or like a horror movie, like Goonies, only there it stars adults. Yes. <laughs> right. This is a, a gang. Uh, uh, it's like a gaggle of teen. It's preteens. Yeah. Like the 13 year olds. Yes. And then you were like, it's like that monster Monsters? Monster House. Monster House. It's like it, you know, yes. kind of same kind of thing. It's just like three guys, They're three boys, and literally everything they do is like every. It's like the script was written for boys, <laughs> yeah. And then to fix it, they just put a, like a, a change in the beginning, like, "Well, he has a wife," <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, "Oh, they they all have wives." Ooh. <laughs> it's but, the best friends gang, and they're solving <laughs> mysteries. Yes, yeah, because just the way it goes down, it's really goofy. Yeah, if you yes. just kind of change a few of the attributes of like their introductions, yeah, they are essentially and, uh, just like little kids that are running around the neighborhood with their bikes. Yes, there were so many scenes where it was like even uh, the badass Vietnam. What's his name? Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. Where was it? There was that scene when he was talking, and it was like, "This is this is the dialogue of a twelve-year-old." Right, and you can envision him not having the sniper rifle. He's just like a little like BB gun yes. or something, or right? he's in a walkie-talkie. Yeah, and it's like he's but, on the walkie-talkie for half the movie. I mean, yeah. Yes. So yeah, it has that vibe to it. I tell you, I'm not mad at it for no. bringing it as adults. No, 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 I'm not. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a fun. But when you put it in that frame, if you frame it that way, it becomes funnier. Yes. <laughs> like these kids, these guys are acting like children. Y- y- yes. <laughs> so I do like that. But anyway, he hits the gas line. Mm-hmm. The neighbors, they arrive. They call the police because Bruce Dern has not done his job. There's Corey Feldman's got a party to watch this action going on. Carrie Fisher and the kids sent out of the movie. Like, they're going to the lake or he's going to do something else. He sends them out. So they're not in the movie for, you know, the last 20 minutes or so. They come back right at the end. But, uh, yeah, he hits a gas line and then the whole freaking house just goes kablooey. It explodes. It explodes. And Tom Hanks is inside the home still. Mm-hmm. He gets essentially what seems like blown up. Blown up. 
he ends up walking out of it like a cartoon, too. With, like, half his face melted. And not like Gus Fring, though. Like, not like Breaking Bad melted off. That would be amazing. When he came out and he's like, half his face was... You didn't watch Breaking Bad, did you? No. Spoiler alert for season three of Breaking Bad. I'm not going to ever watch Breaking Bad. It's a good show. It's... I watched a few episodes with you. I'm good. I get it's it. It's a good show. I like Better Call Saul better. Isn't that weird? So Tom Hanks walks out. <laughs> I do. I think... Because you want to know the thing about Breaking Bad? Just real quick. He breaks bad real early on that show. The breaking of bad is done well before it's we like, get to the end. It's like broke bad. Yeah, he broke bad. Like I don't like the, the aftermath of breaking bad. They keep saying like, "Oh, is he gonna? Is he gonna redeem? Is Walter White gonna be like? Is he gonna go all the way bad?" It's like, yeah, he went all the way bad back in like episode four, the like whole show. Nine years ago. Like we're done. Like he already broke bad anyway. <laughs> so he walks out, stumbles out. So this is, I think, you know, what the movie is getting at to its big moment. Uh, they found nothing. It seems like they're just weirdos. And Tom Hanks has finally come to his senses, and he gives a delightful speech where he screams down the, the message of the movie, I think. And you have that queued up, don't you? Is it this one right here? I don't know. Here we go. Remember what you were saying about people in the burbs? Right? People like Skip... People who mowed their lawn for the 800th time and then snap! Well, that's us! It's not them! That's us! We're the ones who are vaulting over the fences and peeking into people's windows! We're the ones who are throwing garbage in the street and lighting fires! We're the ones who are acting suspicious and paranoid eyes! We're the lunatics! Us! It's not them! It's us. You are a toy. Sorry. That's totally <laughs> what it made me think of. So anyway, right? We're the lunatics. That's a great uh, ending, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? It turns out that those neighbors really were vicious murderers, mm -hmm. as we come to learn, because mm -hmm. he gets hauled off. First of all, Tom Hanks and Art... They are not... The cops are just, like, questioning them. They're... They, these guys would be, like, in the cuffs down at the station already. They've blown up a house after breaking and entering. They are in trouble. It's the 80s, <laughs> and they're white. Oh, okay. You mean it's any time, and they're white? Is that what you meant? Okay. It's so, any time. <laughs> so they're getting the benefit of the doubt or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, maybe just a misunderstanding. Yeah. Anyway, we get a moment where he has to get sent to the hospital... And we get the big reveal, of course, is that the doctor, Henry Gibson, and the McBoyles driving the car, and he, they are really bad. Not because Walter's dead, because we do, they do get a reveal where Walter comes home. He had some kind of like health problems. He asked the neighbors to watch the dog. And so that all explains why they were checking his mail and getting the toupee and all this other stuff, right? So everything seems normal. But of course, they're thinking like, there's a little thread that's been going on the whole movie about the previous owners of the home. Mm -hmm. These people just appeared out of the middle of the night. The other neighbors just left without much explanation. Mm -hmm. And so doc the doctor, the good doctor, just posits that you were in my basement, Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. You must know that I murdered the he previous owners. He says you owners. must have seen the skulls. So, yeah. Oh. So they were bad. They were murderers. They were crazy. And then... And that kind of, uh, I mean... A little bit of a bummer, because like it kind of undermines this whole little speech about we're the crazies, we're the people, we're the. I mean, kind of, it's a twist, right? It's meant to be like, of course it is. It's kind of one of these tough situations, right? Where you have something to say, and Tom Hanks has very pointed remarks there, maybe a little on the nose. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's the eighties, but is that a satisfying ending to people who have been watching this whole movie? Of course not. You kind of want a twist. You want to know that they're. 
they're bad, right? And of course, they have a little scuffle in the the ambulance. They crash the ambulance into Art's house, I believe, and um, you, you know, it's revealed that you know he gets arrested and Tom Hanks is cleared, right? Mm-hmm. So we get that that ending. Um, what did you feel about that? Were you this is kind of a little tough? It's a tough situation, right? Were you satisfied with that, or did you did you want the thing to stick? Like they're the crazy people, but does it are they still the crazy people for wanting to know, or were they were they vindicated? Oh, because Carrie Fisher, the whole movie is like you are being crazy, you are paranoid, you shouldn't be thinking that way, and then the movie says like ah, Carrie Fisher, you're wrong. And you're going to die later in life, which she did, which is sad. That's what, what? that movie What's said. What's wrong with you? That's what the movie says. It says, kill Carrie Fisher. That's what this movie says. Well, those neighbors were for sure suspect. Well, yes, of course they were. So I think it all works out. Okay. So what's interesting is that there were uh, different endings shot for this movie. Mm-hmm. One, they're, and they're online. And I think we have a clip of one where they don't have a – they don't crash the ambulance – the Tom Hanks and the doctor have a scuffle, but then the doctor actually like has a speech at the end that he kind of explains. Like it goes more into this uh, suburbia critique. So this which... is the alternate one of the couple alternate endings, right? But Mr. Peterson, you were not quite right about the suburbs. No, no. Here, all you have to do is take one step out of line. You paint your house the wrong shade of pink. You buy the wrong kind of car. You make one or two human sacrifices. Then, then when you walk down the street, everybody says, oh, there goes the weirdo. Why, why did you come here? I came as you did. For the quiet, the privacy, the good life, the convenient shopping with always plenty of ample free parking. But everywhere, everywhere, I met only suspicion and distrust. It's true. In L.A., nobody ever said anything. So, hey, I actually kind of like that uh, that little bit. Because uh, it does continue that uh, idea of the suburbs being... But it's a, I, I understand why it's not in the movie, because it's a confused kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> message. Uh, but I like it. It's dark. It's like this. No one ever said anything. Oh, a couple of human sacrifices. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? You know, they never said anything. It's a little bit... It's a little <laughs> overwritten, maybe, even for this movie. I like it. Do you? Yeah, I kind of think it's You like the fun. alternate ending? I like the actor, so... I wonder what Roger and Siskel... And Siskel and Roger thought about this. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert... Fuck, I'm fucking tired. It is like 11.30 now, Tyler. Why are you making fun of me? You know what's fascinating? Siskel and Ebert. What? What is fascinating? You like to comment on the podcast about the the time in which you were recording the podcast. Why is that funny? It's just funny because it's like the podcast is timeless, really. But I'm not. I'm a human being <laughs> existing in this time right now. Did you watch that Super Bowl? See, you mentioned the Super Bowl like four <laughs> times. That's worse. Everyone Are we allowed can... to say Super Bowl? Isn't that a thing you couldn't say that? They're like, they're such assholes about like their uh, words, Super Bowl I think or whatever. In commercials or something, right? Yeah, that's outrageous. What would Roger say? say? This is our segment called What Would Roger Say, where we take a look at what Roger Ebert thought of the movie we are remembering. So, in rare form, we have a YouTube clip of Siskel and Ebert talking about the burbs. Great. Let's listen in. I wasn't amused by the burbs. Tom Hanks seems smarter on screen than to suffer through this story. We wait for him to leap ahead, and the film's parody of suburban life is hardly original. The neighbors are not frightening, nor are they funny. 
I can't think actually of anything I liked about the Burbs. I know it's a big hit in its first weekend because of Tom Hanks' star power. I was stunned. Tom Hanks is a big star, and I think he's responsible for the fact that this movie is doing so well. But actually, it's kind of a very pale imitation of Neighbors, that Aykroyd right. and Belushi picture. Well, I, and I like that. I'm which I liked a lot more. Yeah. This movie is bankrupt of imagination. It goes nowhere. It uses a lot of special effects to no avail. And the sad thing is... In a way, it's because Tom Hanks is so popular that this movie is such a box office hit. Ooh, harsh words on Siskel and Ebert, or as you called it, Siskel and Roger. <laughs> Roger and that other guy. That other guy. <laughs> oh, Film expert, Angela Yoshiko. Boom! So they didn't like the movie very much. I think that they're a little bit harsh on it. Um, I think they're kind of missing some of that... Uh, that Joe Dante heat that... I mean, it's weird now because we don't really have filmmakers like that doing movies like this anymore as much. So there's more of appreciation for kind of what this movie's trying to do than maybe at the time. Maybe it wasn't as appreciated at, at, at its time. It feels like the movie has garnered... It's built up enough of like a cult following or... It seems like people have... I don't I don't remember seeing it. Like, I still don't... I mean, this, this seems like the first time I watched it. So I don't know what the the overall like nostalgia factor for it is but i get the feeling that there's probably some people that like it right what's funny about roger ebert is Mm -hmm. he's regularly as i go back and read his stuff and listen to his clips he regularly comments on how the movie he's reviewing is just a knockoff or a lower version or a repeat of a better movie from the late 60s or 70s what's interesting about him is that he later in life and as he got older seemed to soften on that attitude he would make reference to like this is like this but this like plays this works or Mm -hmm. whatever and like yeah i don't think that the commentary in this movie about the suburbs is not fresh like it doesn't i imagine it wasn't fresh at the time it's just kind of meant to be a heightened weird thing about that it's not Mm -hmm. i don't think it's it's trying to like be deep i think it's trying to do a genre play with it's trying to mix like horror and thriller elements into like a comedy and it maybe it's not very funny i guess that's the argument and i can see that if he doesn't think it was funny doesn't think it's funny i could see i there weren't like a lot of times during this movie where we were both like laughing out loud. No. It's just a fun movie. Pleasant, yeah. I like the score is really good. It just mm-hmm. felt like a I, I like that vibe. It's we it's fun to watch a movie on a on a, a sta- like a stage. Like it's just like this back lot of uh mm-hmm. not a stage, but a back lot of universities that looks like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's nice. That's weird. I know that's weird to say now, but we're so used to saying like we there are movies that come out now where they're like you know what we need to do? We need to shoot this car scene. But you know what? We don't want to, like, film a car. Let's just put him in a seat and, like, put a green screen behind him. Like, we're still doing that in, like, yep. major motion pictures. And yep. it's outrageous. Yep. Like, it's just nice to, like, be on a, like, be a, in a real place somewhere. You know, yep. I know it's a back lot, but still it's something. Better than a green screen. I know. I'm just... Yeah. It's yeah, a it's fun weird. movie. It's I weird to Tom kind Hanks. of look back. Uh, yeah, it's definitely... And, you know, it is strange to look at Tom Hanks... He had this huge stretch. This is the kind of the movies he was making. And um, it you forget that a little bit when you're – especially when you and I, we come of age when he is like the actor, right? Mm-hmm. He won back-to-back Oscars. Philadelphia – Philadelphia Forrest Gump, right? 93, 94. So we were like coming of movie age when he was like not just like A-list, but he was like the actor of our generation, right? Mm-hmm. So – yeah, it's it's fun to go back and watch some of these because I, I obviously we had big and 
and the money pit (laughs) and like bachelor party you know these movies existed we know about them but this was one i yeah i don't remember but yeah i'm not mad at it It wasn't like a great experience but it was uh solid Mm -hmm. it's fun it's a fun movie yeah all right Great. Anything else we uh, <laughs> want to say about it? No, I think we're good. I think we covered it, right? We Bruce Stern is the bomb. Love Bruce Stern. He's fun. Uh, it makes me want to go see what else he's in and watch. watch he's in lots of, of stuff. He's in uh, Fred's Christmas. <laughs> I can't even get through it. Sorry. You're terrible. <laughs> Bruce Stern, who's in uh, countless things. If you go on his IMDb, he's in so many things. Television episodes, movies. You know, notable as a couple of recent Tarantino movies. Um, Nebraska is a great late period movie for him, but he was also doing a direct video Christmas movie where it's like a kid doing a Groundhog Day. Like he repeats Christmas every day. And like here's Bruce Dern as like the grandpa in this movie. He's like in it for 10 minutes. Who knows where this thing aired? But I'll tell you what, he brings bringing his A game to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bruce Dern. That's what he does. I'm going to have to check that out, too. You didn't watch that? I don't think I did. You watch a lot without me, hon. Sure do. Fred's Christmas. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. If you made it again all the way to this episode, gold star for you. Great job. Great Um, job. If you haven't already subscribed and you're, like, going to our website to listen to this, uh, go to one of your podcast apps on your phone and subscribe so you can uh, listen to new episodes as they come out. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yes, you know what? You, if you do want to go to our website, though, oldmillennialsremember.com, mm-hmm. occasionally we post articles on there. Mm-hmm. There's an article that's related to our episode on Unbreakable and Glass, mm-hmm. related to the great Samuel L. Jackson, talking about movies that he's great in during the 2000s. So if you want to read content that's also awesome, probably better than this podcast, let's oh, be honest. Oh, probably. You're a much better writer than I am I'm a podcaster. I'm a much better writer than I am a talker, I'll tell you that much. Uh. Yeah, so <laughs> go to the website if you want to see that. That's oldmillennialsremember.com, and thank you for listening. We will talk at you another movie. And you're waving goodbye again. Bye.